1: Hey, yo, thanks so much for rocking with A-Ray and J-Ray today. But before before we get things going, I got to tell you guys about Anchor. It is awesome. It is so awesome. Go to the App Store, download it. If you don't have an iPhone, that's cool. Go to Google Play Store, download this app, and they will get your podcast show off the ground for you. You want to be on Spotify? No problem. You want to be on Apple Podcasts? No problem. Anchor will take care of all that for you. And guess what? The best part, my favorite part, everybody's favorite thing. It's free, baby. It's free. Hey, y'all. Hope you guys enjoy the show. It's the kit, but you you knew that.
2: Hey, y'all. Welcome to the A-Ray and J-Ray Today Show. This is J-Ray, and I hope you enjoy this listen.
1: Hey, yo, man. Like J-Ray said, this is the A-Ray and J-Ray Today Show. And today, we have an awesome returning guest, uh, Jennifer, the, the vet the, I honestly, guys, I call her Gin and Juice. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and the reason why is because, you know, like, if you don't know what Jen and Juice is, I can't explain it to you. Um <laughs> But Jen, what's up, man? Oh,
2: you know, um chilling, living the good
1: life. Yeah, man. So been some Kansas things.
2: Been
1: ha- about a month. So hold up, say it again. I said
2: I've been in Kansas about a month. Right.
1: I was just about to say that some things have changed since we last had you on the show. You was in North Carolina yeah. with A-Ray, the K-I-Double-D, and now you're all the way in Kansas with Dorothy. Is Dorothy that, that's where she's at, Kansas? Yeah, yeah. she's
2: some I yeah, guess. Yeah,
1: okay, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so Jen, you know this month, man, is is a great little month Halloween. Yeah. Um this month actually been kinda of crazy because of that debate. But that's neither here or there. We're not gonna
2: That's a talk for a different day, Adrian. <laughs> a
1: whole different day. Yeah that... <laughs> Yeah, that's been a, yeah, this month's been a crazy month. But you know, man, I'm glad I have you on the show because this month is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. And yeah. and you know, for me that that kind of hit home because my sister was a uh a victim to to that, you know, her husband for those of you guys who don't know, her husband shot her five times. She was uh he murdered her and then laid right next to her body and shot herself in the head. So it really hits home for me. Then on top of that, uh, my my dad died last year in this month. So this month is a emotional month for me. But we were talking about this month and the things that you know domestic violence and stuff like that, things of that nature. And yeah. we we shared a lot. You shared a lot. And I really think that I really want to get it out there. Um, J Ray is she's gonna come back. In just a minute, actually, before we get deep in that, we're gonna have J Ray uh drop a commercial on us and then we'll be right back. Hey, yo, J Ray, man, the fist stick you sent me in the mail mm-hmm. better than coffee, man. Better than coffee, real, man. Real quick, you got to tell the people about these things, man.
2: Absolutely, so they're called Arbon Energy fist Sticks, they are a nice replacement for, for your morning coffee or for whenever you start to feel the afternoon sleepies. You just stir in one of those fizz sticks to create a refreshing, bubbly drink. And whenever you start to feel tired, it temporarily helps promote alertness. The energy fizz sticks can help promote endurance and help reduce fatigue. It contains antioxidants and a botanical blend of ginseng, B vitamins, chromium, and it's combined with caffeine naturally derived from guarana and green tea to help boost energy. There are 30 packets in one box, and it comes in citrus,
1: pomegranate, and our new flavor, strawberry. Wee, man. Hey, yo, listen, y'all got to jump on one of them, and hey good, man. You know the vibes. Thanks, Jay. All right, so, yo, thanks, Jay Ray, for that great commercial. You guys make sure uh, y'all check out what she's talking about, man. It's the real deal. You don't want to miss out on it. So, Jen, you know, we're we talking about domestic violence this month. Yeah. And a lot of times people think, that that's just physical abuse. Yeah. Um but I think it, it's 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 a, it's deeper than that, you know what I'm saying? Um totally. I want you, would you be open to share with us um how much deeper it can be than just the physical abuse part?
2: Yeah. Oh. Um So I think generally speaking, most abusive relationships don't start out as physical abuse, right? Like there's exactly. some signs and symptoms and patterns of behavior that happen well before um, anyone ever lays a hand on somebody. Right, right. Um, a lot of the time that looks and feels like very controlling behavior, manipulative behavior, um, isolating behavior. Those are just some of mm. the common things that tend to happen. So when you see in the context of an I- intimate relationship, right, right one partner exercising some kind of dominance and control over the other partner and limiting who they're allowed to interact with and the activities that they're allowed to do. Wow. Yeah. Um, some really great indications of, of an abusive dynamic.
1: Right, right. So, so you, you do you have, okay, I, I'm not trying to pry too deep into your business, but like, can you share with us, like, are you speaking from a personal is this coming from a personal vibe or is this coming from just like, cause I know you, you work with a lot of different people and you do a lot of different things. Is this something you kind of just seen happen or is it something like you like you can you've experienced firsthand?
2: Right. Um, so both. Oh, okay.
1: Okay. Okay. What- a lot.
2: Both. I am, um, a trained mental health professional. I just graduated in May with my master's degree in mental health counseling.
1: Congratulations.
2: Uh- Thank you. No. So um, really, really familiar with the dynamics that take place between you know two people inside of an intimate relationship and um, some of the things that that come into play when we're talking about abusive patterns um, and also have experienced it firsthand.
1: Okay, you've, you've experienced it firsthand like can you share like what that looked like for you? Because I know like for, for for people it looks different for everyone, you know what I'm saying So what yeah. did it look like? For you, and do you... Well, actually, I, I'm going to give you a 2 question. What did it look like for you, and do you kind of consider... Would you consider yourself like a survivor from domestic
2: violence? Oh, man. That is um, not a title that I'm super, super thrilled to say that I hold. Right. Uh, and, yeah, I would... I, traditionally speaking, would classify as a survivor of domestic violence. Um, I think that that relationship started out uh, very, very typical of what most relationships that end up being violent um, start out as. It started out as kind of a, I don't want to say whirlwind, but it did happen. It feels like it happened very fast. It feels like we got very serious and built a very very deep bond very quickly um we immediately were very very close we were we did everything together um the the things that we had in common the things we shared we just had just a great great first six months
1: got gotcha, you got gotcha. you
2: uh, so,
1: uh, so when you say six months like and that is traditionally speaking the honeymoon period yeah. Six months to a year, right? Uh, so, yeah. so let me just unpack this. So, like that first that honeymoon phase is here. The butterflies in your stomach, uh, the touch, the kiss, everything's amazing. Like you know, it's just a Disney movie, right? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Got you. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. The the first six months, I thought that I I, 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 thought that I felt like I'd met
2: the man I was going to spend the rest of my life with. Got you. Uh, it, it felt very much like we were super compatible and we we always had a really great time together um, he was super super supportive and um, he was he was always there and i didn't I didn't feel like I needed anything else from a partner yeah, I, yeah. I felt everything I needed gotcha. um, yeah
1: got gotcha. you so when did things start to change like was it like behavior changed overnight or was it like little things that happened or was it something like you just woke up and like, you just don't know when it changed?
2: Um, well, definitely there was a very specific turning point in the relationship. Um, and that was when I, I moved to the East coast to go to grad school. Okay. Um,
1: now that I'd East have- coast, North Carolina, right. Cause all right, cool, cool. Gotcha.
2: So um, I'd had that plan to move to North Carolina go, to go to grad school um, before I even met him. Gotcha, so okay. when I did meet him, you know, we we talked about it pretty extensively about what our relationship would look like and if we would pursue it further. Um, and we decided that we would we would do a long distance relationship. And he drove me out to North Carolina. He was a dream partner. So so supportive and encouraging. Um, and it, it's so funny, funny is probably not the right word for it, but as, as I'm telling you about this experience, different memories are popping into my head of what happened. Gotcha. Um, and the night before I started my program, mm-hmm. um, he picked a fight with me. I couldn't even tell you what the fight was about. And that, that's the history of the whole relationship. I have no idea what we fought about. Well, uh, we fought all the time um but the night before i started my program i think was the first really really big devastating fight um he was just really picking me apart and trying it felt very intentional that he was trying to tear me down and well I don't remember all that was said but i do specifically remember that he told me that um i had no business you know, studying to be a counselor and a mental health professional if I couldn't even, um, you know, get my own life right and, and work on my own relationship. Wow. Um, So definitely, like, I think that, that that was a really the first big, like, abusive argument that we had. Right, right. And it really was downhill from there. Gotcha. It was... A lot of ups and downs, but I think that was the turning point.
1: Did it ever? You may not want to share this, but was uh, was it always just emotional abuse? Did it ever turn physical?
2: Yeah, it did. Oh wow! Um, wow, wow! A few different times. Yeah. So, um, I gotta. I have to share a few more details before I get to that. Okay. And yeah. That it, um, that. Originally, the plan was never for him to move to North Carolina with me. He has um, a a daughter in Kansas, and the plan was for him to stay in Kansas and be with her. Got you. But um, actually, it was early October, uh, two years ago. I witnessed um, a shooting outside of my apartment, and I was incredibly traumatized. I had a very hard time functioning on my own. I had no support system out here. Right, right. Um, so, in addition to turning to therapy, um, you know, we, he and I had communicated and I expressed my need for someone to be there and, and help support me and help me take care of my dogs and help me function because right. I could be outside The sun wasn't up. I couldn't be outside. I was terrible. Rough. to be outside. Um, so he moved out there. Um, and it just, it, there were just so many ups and downs. It felt so much like he was, you know, exactly what I needed and the support system that I needed. And on right. one hand, it felt so good to have him there. And then on the other, he, you know, the very first day, the day that he got there, right. we met at um a barbecue festival, okay. and I was I was over the moon to see him. And the first thing he said to me is I'm sorry to be explicit, but he said, Why do your lips smell like a dick?
1: Wow.
2: And I, I was so taken aback. I was like, What are you talking about? Like I just put Carmex on. I don't wow, like yeah. what why are you why are you upset with me? Like you just drove 18 hours to to, to be, be with me, me. right? Um, it was very, it was very confusing, um, and that pattern kind of repeated itself over and over and over again. Um, anytime I had a gathering with my cohort members, he wanted to know where I was, who I was with, what I was doing, how long I was going to be gone. Right, right. Um, every moment of every day, he wanted to be communicating with me. If I didn't respond in a timely manner, he got upset with me. Um, he would regularly demand that we be engaging in in conversations on every different social media platform. So we'd Uh, have a conversation, Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, Messenger, text message. and
1: That sounds exhausting.
2: Absolutely exhausting. If I, like, if I responded to a text message, but I didn't reply to his Snapchat, he'd be pissed. He'd pick a fight with me, and um, I remember... Just all of all of these times where it felt very much like if I, if I was not giving him 100% of my attention then he assumed that I was cheating on him and doing something yeah. that I
1: yeah, yeah.
2: Um, so that pattern repeated itself until eventually um, I was no longer spending time with my cohort members I wasn't I wasn't working out I wasn't going to yoga um, I wasn't going to the gym because anytime that I wasn't in class or at work, um, If I wasn't with him, I got in trouble.
1: Got you. Wow, um, wow.
2: Yeah, so come February mm-hmm. um, of 2019, so he'd been out in North Carolina for um, October, November, December, three, four months okay. or so, um, we went to a Mardi Gras party.
0: Okay, uh, got you.
2: I was a little bit nervous because he'd gotten a little bit into the habit of when he would drink he would pick a fight with me you, um and okay. and the, it wouldn't end super well right, so it's right. a little bit nervous but also very very excited for the opportunity to have a you know kind of relaxed night out um so we went to a Mardi Gras party we got all dressed up we met up with a couple of his friends not my friends because I wasn't allowed to have any
1: uh-huh. um wait hold up so you weren't allowed to have any friends at no. all why wow. <laughs> That's okay. Um,
2: okay. Yeah. He always, he just accused me of, of cheating on him. Um, whether I was with a woman or, or a man and yeah. Gotcha. Um, so I was not allowed to have friends. Um, so we met up with a couple of his friends and we were drinking, having what I thought was a really good time. We were around the dance floor, um, dancing a little bit. And all of a sudden he, I look over and he is visibly like angry Wow. Like he gets a very clear face like you can see it in his in his eyes that he's livid yeah yeah and his friends start asking me what's wrong and I'm like I have no idea what's wrong I didn't like I didn't do anything I didn't see anything I have no idea what's wrong Right, right So eventually it comes out that I apparently was um, checking out a man on the dance floor. Wow I'd, I don't know what man. I have no idea because that's not what was happening. So um, he gets very, very angry, ends up storming out of the party and tells me that if I don't, um, you know, meet him at his truck, then he's going to leave me there and I can find my own way home.
1: Right. Okay. Wow. That's wild.
2: Yeah. So he's he calls me and he's yelling at me and calling me all kinds of different names. His um, his friend overhears it. And they're, you know, very confused because this is very, um, contradictory to the kind of person that he presents himself to be got you. so it was very very confusing for me um not super surprising but very confusing right, right. Um, really really surprising and confusing for his friends um so I didn't want to make a big show out of it honestly was was afraid that he would actually leave me there and I'd have to find my own way home right. and it was freezing and wet out so I went to his truck and I got in and um, he just yelled at me the whole drive home. And I just remember being so afraid because when he is angry and he's driving, he's reckless. Mm. Um, I was, I was terrified. I'm the rest of the night is very, very kind of spotty. Gotcha. Um, I remember getting back to the apartment and he's still yelling at me. And I'm, I'm at this point I'm yelling back because I don't understand what i did what I did wrong. Right, right. So upset with me. Um and eventually at some point I remember he had his arms like wrapped around me. Um
1: this is when so this is when it starts getting physical.
2: Yeah, this is when it starts getting physical. So he's got his arms wrapped around my torso. Um and he's he's making threats and I don't remember specifically all of the threats that he's making. Um but eventually he did make a threat that he would, um, let my dogs out on the street. Wow. Um, and he would, he would let them go. Wow,
1: right. um, and your dogs are your, you're knowing you, your dogs are your world. Those are your babies. I do, yeah.
2: yeah. My yeah. dogs are my whole world.
1: So he, so um, that's an, that's an attack right there in and of itself. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And for me, like that was, that was a serious trigger because like you said, my dogs are my whole world. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I actually smacked him across the face. Got you. Um, and after I did that, he exploded. Um, mm. He he grabbed me. He started throwing me around the apartment. I at that point became very defensive and just trying to get away from him. Got you. Um, and I remember at one point he ended up having like my having me around my throat, like in between his his arms. Um, and he dropped me to the ground and he was choking me. Mm. Um,
1: wow,
2: I remember. I woke up the next morning. I had bruises um, all over my arm, and my throat hurt. Wow, it hurt so bad. Yeah, yeah. and I was just in shock. Yeah, um, unfortunately, yeah. or unfortunately, I'm not really sure. I don't remember all of the details because I had been drinking.
1: Right, right, right. Uh,
2: and. Probably, unfortunately, that I'd been drinking because it, it felt very easy for me to to feel like that was just a one time thing. Right. Like it wouldn't happen again. Um, that was just a really bad right. Pump of event. You guys were both
1: drinking, things got out of line. This is not going to happen again. We need to do better. But no. Right. Wow. Um,
2: right, which I learned the hard way. Um, so this pattern of uh, of his anger outbursts, especially when he's been drinking, just continued. Um, some of the, you know, the more salient ones that are coming to mind is, um, we went to a summer concert, I think Luke Bryan in Charlotte with my sister and a, and a friend from high school, actually. Okay. Okay. And I think I've I've told you like I have a very sensitive stomach. Um, if I'm going to drink, there is only very specific alcohols that I drink because I know that I, d- I don't get sick. Right, right. Um, so I had never tried White Claw before. Okay. Um, and I don't drink beer. So gotcha. we went to this concert and he was, um, well, let me backtrack. I had about two months prior, my s- sister and I had gone to a concert at the same venue and I'd been drinking champagne. Got gotcha. you. But I didn't. Pay for the champagne. My sister did. Right, right. For me, I was like, I'm just, I'm not going to drink again at this venue because drinks are super expensive. I'm not paying $65 for a bottle of champagne.
1: No, 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 never. And I'm like,
2: (laughs) I'm not super interested in, 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 you know, getting, getting drunk. It's hot. I've never, I've never had White Claw before, and I don't drink beer. Um, so I just decided that I wasn't going to drink, and. You know, apparently that was the wrong thing to do because that pissed him off. He mm. accused me of never drinking with him, and in hindsight, I'm like, why is that even a problem? I have no, I don't understand. Right, yeah. But he was he was very angry, and um, instead of just letting it go or trying to enjoy the concert, he spent the entire night yelling at me. Wow! In front of my sister, in front of my friend from high school. Um, Just yelling at me and berating me, and um, at one point he was even threatening to, because he had he had pockets on. This is so silly, but he had pockets. I didn't have pockets, so he he's.
1: Wow. So now you're, you're stuck. Yeah.
2: He was threatening to leave us there. Right. Wow. He turned to my sister and said, "If I leave right now, I need you to get her home."
1: Wow. And what yeah. I guess curious, what did your sister say to that?
2: I slept out on him.
1: Right, I can see. Like, flipped out. Do you remember Jay Z and Beyonce when Jay Z when Beyonce's sister beat up Jay Z
2: no. in the elevator?
1: Like, I just pictured that whole right scene right there. But yeah, yeah like, she, I would flip out too.
2: Yeah, she was very very angry, um, and basically told him to grow up. And I don't. I don't. I don't remember all that happened, but at some point he was very persistent that he was in a better mood. And then, um, he's very persuasive. Um, when he decides he's feeling better, I have to feel better.
1: Hmm, it doesn't work that way.
2: doesn't work that way. Um, but he was pretty sure that that's how it should work. Um, so now I go from having just been yelled at for an hour and a half to, um, now he wants to dance with me to, uh, love songs by Luke Bryan. Right. Um, Uh, so that, just that cycle and that pattern repeated and he would get angry and we would fight and he would be mean and say awful things. And then he would wake up in the morning and he'd feel awful about it and he'd apologize and things would get better and and all of these promises and it would just repeat, Um, until, um, let's see, late September of 2019. Mm -hmm. Um, this, this particular event is honestly very emotional for me because um, I was sober, he was sober, but I still don't remember everything. Gotcha. Um, and the mental health professional in me says, well, Jennifer, that's because it was traumatizing. Um, and it's very hard for me to um, admit to myself yes. and even to other people that I let that happen to me. Yeah. Um, so he picked a fight with me I don't know what the fight was about I have no idea it escalated like it always does um, and again I well, I had gotten into that into that pattern of withdrawing right. like if he, when he picks a fight with me I withdraw I, I need space um, I need time to myself like I I just did everything that I could
3: to try to
0: avoid say goodbye to your credit card report More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's
2: PTA meeting.
1: Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
2: I never win and tell.
1: Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at slots.com
3: Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: Fighting with him, and he would pursue and pursue and pursue. Well, well. Um, things would just get worse. Um... So, finally, the same thing happened. Like, he threatened to let my dogs out. Hmm. Exact same thing. Like, it's like he knew what What he had
1: to to
2: get a reaction out of me.
1: Right, right.
2: Um, So, again, I smacked him across the face, um, and he grabbed me, and he shoved me into a closet. And and then he grabbed me again and threw me into another closet, and he... um, actually shoved me all the way into the closet and had a fist raised wow. um, my face. And I remember so clearly that he said, don't you know, I could destroy your fucking face with one hit. Wow. Uh, I was terrified and I yeah. retreated. I ran into the bedroom and he followed me. Um, and it was just, I, there was, it felt like there was no escape. Well, right. Felt like there was no escape, um, and he followed me into the bedroom. I was on the bed, um, and I was just—I was just trying to not engage with him. Right, right. And he ripped the blankets off of me, and he was pursuing me. And I was—he snapped my phone out of my hand. I think at several different points, and. Right, right eventually I was like yelling at him and I was telling him to stop and to leave me alone and to get out of the room. And, um, he jumped on me and threw me backwards. So I'm on my back and I'm facing up and he put a hand around my throat and looked me dead in the eyes and said, why can't you just shut the fuck up? Um, and he was squeezing so hard that I couldn't breathe. Um, and that was just like, something flipped on the inside of me, um, was almost like I could finally see my situation, um, from outside of the situation because, um, thank God for my mental health training. (laughs) Um, but fun fact, once, once a perpetrator or abuser chokes, um, they are like something like, 30 to 50% more likely to attempt or successfully kill their partner. Wow.
1: And that's, this is your, okay, I need to get out of this now.
2: Right. right. So this that was, that was, okay. Time, just in that split second, I knew that if he could do that for, to me, mm-hmm. one, he would do it again. Right. It's only a matter of time.
0: Right, right. Um,
2: and I knew that choking is the single, um, the single best indicator of of murder. Of,
1: wow. Yeah. In
2: violence situations. Right. Right. Um, so it was very clear to me that I was in a relationship where I could be killed.
1: Got you. Wow. Wow. So. Yeah. I and I hate asking this question, but I I'm, I want I want to. Real quick, before you go on, because I, oh man, I have so much, but for the people, and I hate this question, and for the people who are listening to this, they're probably saying, why didn't you just leave before? And I hate that question because I honestly, because I've seen it um, firsthand, Mm -hmm. like I know it's not that easy, but what do you say to people who, you know, you've, I don't know who probably asked you that, who asked you that question before. Excuse me, um, right. why did you just leave uh, months ago or whatever? Like, what, what's your what's your answer to that?
2: Um, I think there's there's two really really big factors that come into play. Um, specifically for my situation, I had witnessed the shooting, and right. that legitimately put me in a place where I. Felt like I was not capable of functioning on my own.
1: Got you, got you.
2: Compromised my mental and emotional stability. Um, so then being put in a position where I was being abused, I was in survival mode. I was, I had been in survival mode right. from the the shooting, um, up until, um, this past February where he finally left. Got you. Um. And I have read this beautiful quote, actually, um, where decisions, you know, sound decisions essentially cannot be made when you're in survival mode. You can only make sound decisions in, in, in an environment of safety. Wow. I was not in an environment of safety. I did not feel like there was a way out. Um, I did not feel like... The, the task that I had undertaken in grad school and caring for my dogs and being successful and paying all of my bills, it did not feel like something that I could do on my own.
1: Gotcha, yeah. yeah. Um,
2: and the really crafty element of an abusive partner is that they build that dependence.
1: Hmm. He
2: was my emotional support system. Right. If I lost him, then I didn't have one anymore.
1: Right, right.
2: And because I was, I was already in a state of survival. It felt very much like I couldn't take that risk.
1: Gotcha, yeah, yeah.
2: And then the other thing that comes into play is that I loved him.
1: Love, and love that's so, man. Oh, much. Yeah. Love is ah, when you love someone, it's just so hard. Like you can take a lot. Um, yeah. Yeah, and you took a lot. You 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 really did, um, but I, I think I cut you off, so I'm sorry about that. What, what you you loved him?
2: Yeah, I was. I just I wanted to believe that he could and would be better.
1: Right, and that, which is that's what love is. It sees the best um, yeah. in, in in the the object of our affection or whatever. So yeah.
2: Yeah. Wow. And, uh, yeah. The the other really unfortunate thing is I think that what that really translates to. Um, and this is probably true for more people than just me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wanted, I wanted my love to be enough.
1: Right. Got you. Better. Got you.
2: Like I, I wanted to feel like my love and my, you know, presence and support in his life was enough for him to want to turn around and be a better person. Yeah. And those were the promises that he made me repeatedly. Right, right. He always he always told me that he wanted to be you know the man that God wants him to be for me and he wanted to be the man that you know God wanted for me and he wanted to be better he wanted to do better, um, he just never did.
1: Right, right. So I just wanted to just really say this real quick. This the whole time this is happening. We are we working? Are you working? At,
2: the apartment with me, TOP. Um. So the the first time uh-huh. that it happened, we had not met yet. Okay. Okay. We met in late August. Okay. Um, so, um, we'd known each other through September. Um, yeah. So by the end of September, when he um, abused me physically for the second time, yeah, we did. We knew. Wow. We knew each
1: other. So it, this is so crazy to me because like. Like, you, you've never, you know, like, some people, and I, I could be way out of line for saying this. They may cancel the show for me saying this. Some people, you, you look and be like, yo, she going through it at the house. Like, yo, this, something ain't right. But with you, Jen, i never seen you. I'm like, oh, here comes Jennifer. I better make sure I'm doing what I got to do at work. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because I know how ones I- are. But, nah, but, um. <clears throat> It's so crazy. And I say that because it's so crazy that someone can go through so much and you never freaking know what's going on behind closed doors.
2: Yeah. that That's, uh,
1: that's mind-blowing to me right now. Like, for real.
2: Yeah. Uh, if it makes you feel better, no one, no one really knew.
1: Right. Other than mm-hmm. the people that... the. That were there doing the, you know, the the your sister and then the the band, the concert and right, Marty but Braw.
2: even and um neither one of them knew that he'd put my his hands on me. Oh,
1: they didn't know like wow, okay. They just knew like yo, he chirping, right. He's my he, he's tripping or whatever. Um, I
2: did I did have um a very very good friend? I'd actually gone to boot camp with her. She was living about forty minutes away. Um, she knew that things were not good. Right. Um, she knew the relationship was very rocky um, and that there was some element of of unrest yeah, and, yeah. Um, and that I needed help and support. Um, I also had a friend in Virginia Beach that ironically I knew from Wichita. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I I'd, I'd reached out to him and essentially, I didn't give him any details. I just asked, you know, if I ever get into a situation where I feel like I need you to be here, um, how long will it take you to get here?
1: Right, right.
2: So he, he mapped it out and he told me that he he was four hours away. Um, and I think that I was really able to hold on to the reality that even though no one knew, yeah, yeah. there were people close enough that right. if something really bad happened, you can um, reach
1: out.
2: I could I could reach out.
1: Got you. Yeah, yeah. Wow, so what do you two more questions and then we we'll stop for this week cuz I got to you got to come back next week cuz uh so what do you say to people who feel stuck? Cuz it is stuck did you feel stuck? Actually, let me let me ask you that. Did you feel stuck? Or did you feel uh, like I'm, this? This is life. One day he's going to change. It is what it is.
2: Hmm. That's such a hard. That's such a hard question to yeah, answer. Geez. Is um, I can look at it. I know that no one is going to leave an abusive relationship until they are ready to leave.
1: Gotcha. Wow. Right.
2: More often than not, there is nothing that anybody can say that is going to convince somebody in an abusive relationship that they need to leave. If they're not ready to go, if they don't feel like they have exhausted all of their options, then they're not going to leave.
1: you. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah.
2: That is even me, me knowing that the same thing happened with me. Every single person in my life told me to leave him. Right. Every, no one, no one that, that even had the slightest idea that he was not being good to me wanted me to stay with him. And that's why I didn't tell anybody. Right. Because knew that they were going to tell me to leave. Right, right. And I wasn't, ready to. Right. I wasn't ready to go. Right, right. Uh, I think that the the statistic is um, specifically women in abusive relationships um, attempt to leave their partner seven to nine times before they're successful. Wow. Um, and that even tracks for me. I, I tried. I broke up with him several times. Right, wow, right. Wow. And somehow we we ended up back together. I even, you know, the word the word stuck really really caught me up. Because I didn't feel stuck. Gotcha. I just felt like I wasn't done. And this is really hard for me to say, too, because I would I would hate for any other person to latch on to what I'm about to say as a reason to stay in an abusive relationship.
1: Right, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Um, but I prayed. I prayed so much every single day. Gotcha. Every time we got into an argument, and there were... More times than I could count, I just sat in my Jeep and cried and I, I told God that I was done. I told him I was done. I'm not doing it.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, and, and every time he said, no, you're not done. You're Mm -hmm. not, you're not done. And I don't know why. And, um, I, I do, this is a little bit of a tangent, but I, I do generally believe that there are some people that God brings into your life for their benefit and their growth Mm -hmm. and their healing. Got you. Not for you.
1: Got gotcha, you. Gotcha. Um,
2: and I, I do believe that was um, was the case with him. Um, I think that if I could have a conversation with anyone in an abusive relationship, it is that no matter how alone you feel, you are not alone.
1: Got gotcha. you. Wow. That's powerful. That's powerful. Um, so, what? Okay, so you, you finally get to this place. Where you're leaving this guy, right? Uh, what does that look like for you? What does leaving look like? Like now you're you're on your own, you're doing your own thing, you're uh, you, you're independent. Like that. What what was the thing or the resource or maybe the person or what what kind of got you through it? Okay.
2: Um, well, first I'll say that leaving was not you know, much like the whole relationship leaving was a process. Right,
1: okay.
2: Um, it it was not clean cut. We I I ended our relationship in the end of end of January, um, and he did not move out of the apartment until the end of February. Um, hmm. the night that he finally left that was um a whole a whole another big scene. Where he was very angry with me, getting very confrontational, very in my face. Um, and I, I, again, was terrified that he was going to assault me. Right. Uh, I I finally had the courage to do something about it.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And I called my dad, actually. Called uh, Pops. Yeah, I yeah, called yeah. my... I just... It's almost like I needed permission to leave. Hmm. And I'm getting emotional because I just told you that I prayed every time before I left. And even this time, I turned to my dad. Yeah, yeah. And I needed permission to leave. Mm-hmm. I needed to know that it was okay for me to give up.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. And he said, Jennifer, just pack up pack up enough stuff for the night, grab the dogs, and just leave. We'll find you a hotel. We'll do whatever we have to do to get you out of there. Right, right. So that's what I did. I I packed up my stuff and, uh, I got a hotel. I did have to get a police escort to go back into my apartment, um, and get enough stuff for the weekend because I had to go to work. Um, wait,
1: time out the work, like where we worked at. Yeah. What the fudge cake.
2: Wow. Yeah. I had to go to work. Um, but that, that weekend, um, I, I told him, I said, you know, you have until, the police officer actually told him that i would be pursuing a, a restraining order on gotcha. monday yeah. this happened friday night the police officer told him that i'd be pursuing a restraining order um and he, his mom was on the phone when uh the police officer told him that his mom said you know if you if you don't leave and she gets the restraining order you can be arrested like you you have to come back to kansas like you have to leave right right yeah. so he did he he left that weekend um, and even, God, so twisted because even, even in leaving, that wasn't clean cut either. I, it would have been beautiful if I could have just never talked to him again. But at some point in our relationship, we had traded in his vehicle for, um, the Jeep that I have now. And Mm -hmm. then both vehicles were in my name. So when he left, he took my car back to kansas because he had no other way to get back
1: right,
2: right. when i left kansas my plan was to move back so i had you know all kinds of personal belongings and military records and my military uniforms and things that were very important to me right, right. store at his brother's house
1: Got you. okay
2: um so even even in leaving it was not clean cut but um i i will say that there was just uh a weight lifted off of my shoulders and off of my chest. And I felt the whole time I was with him, I felt caged yeah. and, and, and hidden. Um, and I felt free. Right. Um, and I f- also felt lost. you. Gotcha. I felt like I had lost myself and mm-hmm. I, didn't, I didn't really know who I was anymore.
1: Right. Okay. So, no, go yeah. ahead. Go ahead. I didn't want to cut you off.
2: Um, I think I was I was just gonna say that I I, I felt free.
1: Got you. So you, you said you lost yourself. What 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 about now? Where are you at with it now?
2: Um, I just texted my best friend this morning that I have never been so happy in
1: my whole life right and I can tell I yeah we, like we were just saying um before everyone who's listening before the interview started Amanda was on the line and I was telling Amanda that yo Jennifer I thought Jennifer was pregnant yo because she has that <laughs> she has that pregnancy glow and like you you look um happy honestly I I I didn't think you were a mean person at work right. or anything like that but you were like always was like to the point.
3: Yeah. And,
1: like, I think it wasn't until we actually did a group together one time, I was like, okay, Jennifer's kind of cool, you know. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, shout out to John, by the way. What's up, boss? Uh, <laughs> but but anyway, um, you're happy now. And, and, and it shows, man. It shows, man. um, what, what resource, um, yeah. Have you found that has helped you?
2: Okay. So that's come in stages too. I think that um, the healing and the growth and the repair work mm-hmm. has to happen really slowly. Um, especially because I'm very much the kind of person where I have to understand what happened. You you. Um, in order to kind of reconcile and heal that part. So the biggest struggle that I've had is... is trying to understand how I let myself, if that's the, you know, that's what it feels like to me. It feels like I let myself.
1: Got you, got you, okay.
2: um, And the very first thing that I found super, super helpful um, was my old supervisor shared with me, we were having dinner one night. Um, She was my supervisor for internship. We're very, very close friends now. Um, She shared with me that, she had a a previous relationship where she felt like she was addicted to her partner.
1: Mm.
2: Now having been through grad school and and learning about the addiction process and what, what actually happens in the brain. um, I really, really resonated with that. And I finally had a framework for understanding why I stayed. Mm. I stayed for the same reason that people continue using their, you know, the substance that they use. I was addicted to him. I was constantly chasing that initial high that I had, um, from the six months, months in the beginning of the relationship.
1: Right. Right.
2: Right. Looking for that high and that happiness. Um, and it was, it was never going to come. Gotcha. That's never, never going to come. That's not only is that how abusive relationships work. That's the dynamic that exists. That's how they survive. Um, but that's also how addiction works.
1: Gotcha. The first
2: high is never matched again. You will never have the same high, right? Because your brain adjusts and it recalibrates. Um, so so you're, that first-
1: you're literally like a junkie in yeah. love, chasing your first high. Yeah. Wow. That's deep. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's under
2: Yep. Um, but recently, I actually came across um, another framework that has really, really illuminated um, the, the very specific patterns and mm-hmm. steps that were taken inside the context of our relationship. Um, and it's called trauma bonding.
1: Hmm, trauma bonding. Okay. Wow. Wow. Yeah. We got it. We gotta talk about that. Yeah. We gotta talk about that. So I tell you what we're gonna do: trauma bonding. Um, let's let's do this again next week. Like, yeah. Come, I, you gotta come back on the mic. Um, matter of fact, uh, Jay, shout out to Jay Ray. Um, I know she will actually be on the air with us, Ooh. so that's gonna be very. Because you know, Jay. Shout out, she's, she, you know, uh, Haley Hoover. This has nothing to do with anything. With Haley Hoover, the sparkling hippie said, "I was the king of podcasting." I said, "She was the queen." So that means J Ray is the princess. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, so she brings a whole different energy to it. So trauma bonding—that sounds. Can you just give us like a a glimpse of what that is, and then we can pick it back up next week?
2: Um. Yeah. So trauma bonding. Uh. Just a brief outline is essentially. Um, a pattern of behavior that um, abusers tend to follow in an attempt to provide themselves with a corrective experience um, for a trauma experience they likely had as a child um, or they're attempting to meet um, an attachment need that was neglected as a child. Um, A very specific um, approach Mm -hmm. to creating a relationship Um, that results in a very abusive, um, and and ultimately, uh, toxic relationship. Wow.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, next week, we're going to start talking about trauma bonding. You guys don't want to miss it. It's going down. Jennifer. Wow. You are like my hero right now. Thank you. You are a very strong woman of God. Um, Wow, that's all I can say as well. Wow. All right, so I'm gonna. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, needs to kick, but you knew that. Jen, thanks for being on the show. Shout out to J Ray and uh, you guys. Make sure you share this with someone for real. Share this with someone that um, that needs to hear this. Uh, and I personally think everyone needs to hear this because you never know. Like I like I said a while ago, like I was working with Jennifer and had no idea what was going on in her personal life. So you never know what people are going through. Uh, so another reason why you should always be kind and uh, to everyone anyway. So anyway, we out is the kick but you